This is Blake McKean, and this is The Indie Nook. You might have heard me from the Sticky Buns podcast, a video games podcast that I do with my friend Brandon Perens, and it's all about the video games we love. I'm really proud of that show, and nothing about that is going to change, but I just wanted to try something a little different. And I wanted to kind of just make my own show, make make something a little bit crazy. I almost um, titled it Blake's Indie Corner, um, but I ended up, you know, kind of sticking with Indie Nook. And I don't know, it kind of just the vibe that I kind of want to go for is um, just like, I don't know, what you would hear about in like the corner of a coffee shop or like what, what somebody in like the nook of a... Um, a bookstore is reading or something like that. So although I, I absolutely love video games and the show is going to be mostly about um, indie video games, I kind of just wanted to try something um, a little different. And with the Sticky Buttons podcast, we do it bi-weekly. And just with the nature of that, um, like for example, we kind of know what we're going to be doing for the next two episodes. And, you know, that's that's four weeks out that we kind of know what we're going to be doing. And I just kind of wanted to talk about something a little bit different, and I didn't really have an outlet. And before I've kind of made videos um, and posted them to the YouTube channel, um, the Sticky Buttons YouTube channel. And I just, like the last um, video that I did, um, it just, it took like 30 hours to make. And I just kind of wanted to just do something a little bit smaller, a little bit more low-key, um, try to do something maybe a little bit lo-fi <laughs> in a way. Um, so this is the Indie Nook, um, and that's kind of just what I wanted to talk about today. Um, I want it to be a little bit freeform. Um, I, you know, I just had some extra energy, and I really just kind of wanted to just sit down in front of a mic and just kind of see what I came up with. Um, so at the time of this, I haven't told anybody that I'm even doing this. Um, so if I've, um, or if you're hearing this, <laughs> I would have shared it with you or, um, I don't know, maybe I talked about it on the sticky buns podcast, but at the time of recording, like I haven't told anybody and I don't even know if I'm ever going to post it. So I just kind of wanted to just hop on the mic and see what, see what happened. Um, but I guess kind of the inception of, you know, the indie note, cause I also kind of want to talk maybe about like comics or like indie publications or like if I like read a book or something or just like anything on my mind um, anything like semi-related um, to video games or anything I'm interested in I kind of just wanted to hop on the mic and have an outlet for that um, you know with the Sticky Buns podcast you know I'm really proud of that show and what we do there but it is kind of um, not not strict in a way like we can do whatever we want but we do kind of you know like set out like hey we're going to talk about this video game and our takes on this video game and something that we that we do sometimes is we just just from the nature of it we just move on and even though we might be playing a game in the background it might not just it might just not fit with the games that we're talking about and it might just not really flow with what the conversation is going to be um so it just even though we might be playing the game and might really be enjoying it it just we just might not have an outlet to talk about it on the sticky buns podcast which is kind of what i wanted to do today um so this game i talked about it um like a year ago on the podcast and it and it made um like the game of the year list 
or I made my game of the year list in 2022, which honestly, I don't remember what um, number I gave it, but I have that list on my phone still. So I guess I'll check that out here in real time. Game of the year, 2023. Oh, that's 2023. That's so funny. I haven't touched that note in a while. It's 2023 currently. Goaty, 2022. Okay, let's see. Where did this end up falling? Okay, okay. So this was... Oh, hold on. This says possible list. Is that my actual list? I think that must be my list. I guess that kind of makes sense. Is that my list? I guess this would be it. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, my my number one um, of 2022 from, from this note, which I guess I... I think this is how it would have came out. Um, so I guess I'll just go from 10. Yeah, I'll go from 10 to 1. This sounds right. So 10, I had Fortnite. 9, I had Minute. 8, I had Citizen Sleeper. 7 um, was Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. 6 was Eastward. 5 was Pokemon Heart Gold. 4 was Guardians of the Galaxy. 3 was Stray. 2 was Breath of the Wild. And 1 was Ali Ali World. Wow, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so my number eight game of the year last year, Citizen Sleeper, I've recently I've picked it up again, and I've been playing it, and my gosh, I just wanted to talk about it. It, it has really kind of the more time I put into it, it's just really kind of changed and evolved, and I really just wanted to hop on a mic and talk about it. And, um, you know, Tears of the Kingdom just came out, um, which is Breath of the Wild, it's a successor, you've probably heard of it. It's pretty popular. Um, and I don't know, for whatever reason, just like I needed a palate cleanser. I needed something else to do, like when I'm in bed so I don't just get completely sucked into Tears of the Kingdom. I, I picked up this game again. And Citizen Sleeper, if you're not familiar with it, is um, it's actually it's really awesome. It's a really cool indie game. Um, pretty much developed by one person, um, Gary the Damian Martin, and it, it takes place on the space station called the Eye, and you're a sleeper, and citizen sleeper, and you know a sleeper is somebody that um, has an emulated consciousness, and they're they're kind of like this mix between human and AI, and the way that a sleeper comes about is there has to be a person like a physical person. And they have to sell a copy of their consciousness. And that copy becomes the sleeper. And the sleeper is essentially a slave. They're owned by a corporation. And you, as the sleeper, you retain some memories from the previous person. But it's like very hazy. Um, you don't really... You, you know that you're different from them. And you know that like you are a slave. And like you know you have full sentience and... You kind of don't, it doesn't really matter to you how you came about and how you became a sleeper, but like you're kind of, you escape the corporation and you end up on this, this space station called the Eye. And that's kind of where the game starts. And I've talked about this before, but when you start, it's just, you are, <laughs> you're falling apart. You have nowhere to stay. Um, you're starving and the way that the game works mechanically is you have these dice and the dice rolls are, I guess, um, the game mechanic for your actions. 
So whatever you want to do in the day, like in the beginning, like there's this person that they, or like this character, like they'll let you stay in an abandoned shack um, if you work for them during the day and like you barely get paid at all, but you're like, Hey, like what choice do I have? Like this person's letting me stay here in this shack. Like, and I can work a shift, um, like decommissioning, um, like ship parts. And you kind of start from there, like basically working as a scrapper on this, this space station. And in the beginning, like it's desperate and you don't have a lot of, um, resources. Like it's really hard to get food, and you kind of come across this this doctor and this doctor kind of tells you as there's this bar going down on the screen and you don't really know what it means because nobody's explained it to you and this bar is kind of just ticking down um, like cycle by cycle day by day and as it ticks down you know you realize that the, the you get less dice so you get less actions per day and you don't really know what's going on and you go and talk to this doctor and she kind of explains to you that the corporation that owns the sleepers, that they, they view you as property, um, that this, this breaking down is called, is, is playing obsolescence and you need a, like an injection in order for, like to, in order to keep on living. And this injection is like proprietary, um, proprietary technology owned by this this fictional company and you need the injection to keep on living and that's kind of you know where the the game begins is you have to you know carve out a life for yourself and it's it's really kind of a struggle um in the beginning like it's hard to get money it's hard to get these injections and it it, it's really um it's kind of a desperate place and as you kind of progress further and you kind of find um, I, I guess the citizenship and community in a way as you kind of meet more people and learn more about this environment and you are because you're your property you're in the beginning you're being hunted by a bounty hunter and that's kind of one of the the first um, quest lines that you're confronted with and you have to get out of and I talked about that a little bit on um, the Sticky Buns podcast and and my experience there and that really really rocked me um, I was very shocked uh, by um, how it made me feel and like the choices um, that I was presented with. And I, I mean, I did talk about that before, so that's not really what this is about. Um, but the just like the bounty hunter quest line and how that ends is, is kind of where I left the game. Like after I had kind of finished that, I kind of was like, okay, wow, like that was crazy. Like I, I can take a step away from this and, and play other things. And I think that like if some if you're somebody that has a fascination with video games, like you kind of just play things or you want to just experience different ones. So sometimes you fall away from games that maybe you were really enjoying. And for me, that's what happened with Citizen Sleeper. So I'm very happy that I picked it back up. And since I picked it back up, <laughs> this game has just like tripled in size, um, and the scope of it has just um, really kind of made itself clear to me. And I. I'm just getting like so blown away by this and I just I just needed to talk about it <laughs> um, and I I also I guess with Tears of the Kingdom I got an OLED switch and th this game visually is just very striking on the OLED and I, I really like it I, I think the art is really incredible 
Um, so I guess the way that it's kind of presented to you, it's almost kind of like a board game. And you have this like environment that you can kind of, um, the environment is the space station, the eye, and you can kind of um, zoom over it and go to different locations um, in a very isometric view. And as you, or as you encounter different characters, like they'll have like a character bio and it'll kind of like pop up and then will be a, um, a beautiful artistic rendering of that um, person, like the artist um, for Citizen Sleeper, like they, they just did some incredible art. Um, and then it's like some of the best writing um, by Gareth Damian Martin. Gosh, like it's, it's just incredible. And it really just makes you feel so immersed in, in the story. And some of the best writing I've I've ever seen, like period, and it it really has had an impact on me, um, and I just think it's incredible. But since I've been playing it more, like I said in the beginning, it's it's very challenging, and it it really just kind of all opens up, and it it kind of it's just so. Oh, it's just awesome. I mean, obviously this game has like the highest recommendation um, from me. But I, I guess I just, I just missed parts of it. And I don't know if, if maybe I just missed it um, or maybe like me picking it back up, I was able to, to I don't know, see something that wasn't there before. Um, but I missed this whole portion of the game. And it, it's like hacking. And I think that that is just so cool. So the way that it works visually is you have this isometric view of the space station. And if you hit X, it takes you to a whole new view and it's kind of like misty and you can see different like points on the, the space station, but it kind of, it's kind of like um, in a fog, it's opaque. And as you can, you can click on the different, I guess like icons, like the different like points of interest in this opaque um, version of the world. And if you have like a lower dice, like a one or a two, generally, I mean, they can be any number, but the majority of the time they're ones and twos. You can input that one or two dice and it'll, um, it's like out of six. So it's a, basically a, a, a D six dice and it'll give you access to, um, this resource called information. And it's a whole part of the game. Like there's some people that they need information and data in order to progress certain quest lines and I just like had just missed all of this so I wasn't able to get very far um, without knowing that hacking existed and uh, it really changed the game because like for example if you had a if I had a one or a two for pretty much the whole time I was playing the game I would use it to um, there's this place it's like a a food restaurant where you can like do a shift and you'll get paid in food and I and if you you have like a you have like um uh, it's it's the bar that shows like your condition and that is like like do you need like another injection of your stabilizer like like that's one bar and there's another bar that's like your energy bar and you need to refill that every cycle with food in order for you to get better dice so for example if you have like a full health bar you're going to have some fives and sixes um, which give you a higher probability of you know rolling a five or a six because it's 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 pretty much predetermined um so i mean when when you start the day it gives you a whole new set of dice and like if you're starving for example it'll only give you like twos threes and ones and if you have you know full health it'll give you higher probability dice 
Now that doesn't mean if you have a six, you you can still get um, a negative outcome, but it's it's more likely that you'll get the positive one. And <laughs> this this hacking just completely changed the game because it allowed me when I had like ones and twos instead of it just being like a waste. Um, I would use it for hacking, which allowed me to, to I guess, progress the game um, a lot more. And there's um, um, a, a character na named Fang, and they kind of say to you, hey, sleeper, you have a tracker. Like That's how the bounty hunters were able to, to track you, is you have this tracker, and I can get rid of it for you, but you need to help me um, with something that I'm doing. And you kind of just help him gather data um, from around the the eye and it's it's really intriguing because as you kind of go through his story you end up learning about how there was a corporation that owned the eye and the corporation um, went into bankruptcy they went insolvent and all of these people that had um, basically you know signed up to <laughs> to be colonists on this this um this station and like work out here like they were, they were trapped without anywhere to go, and as this corporation was just deteriorating, they kind of had to, had to pick up the scraps, and and that is kind of how there's like an organization that now leads, um, or is now like the leading faction or the governing faction on the space station, and it's kind of um, up until this point, they're they're kind of depicted as um, uh, kind of very gang esque. Um, very like, like, cop police state um, run organization, and as you you kind of or you learn about the fall, um, you kind of learn that a lot of these people were from that that corporation. And there's there's another quest line that you get where you can like work for them, and you I actually haven't finished the quest line, but as you kind of work for them, you kind of get to know that. Oh, it's it's actually it's it's not um, all it's cracked up to be like they're not really a gang. It's just you know they they do abide by a set of rules and guidelines. And um, if you're you know somebody that doesn't like like how that looks from the outside uh, can be jarring. So <laughs> that's really interesting. And I guess when you kind of help Fang um, by bringing him this data and information, you help him uncover that the CEO of the corporation that kind of fell his name was Hardenhurst and he he was I guess like one of the worst of the worst like the most corrupt of the crooks and that's kind of how you know he's described and portrayed um, and this this guy Fang that you're helping that, that says you can help that says he can help you he I mean he claims to to be able to help you um, I don't know if he if he does. I haven't quite made it through the quest line all the way, but you kind of you go and confront this Harding Hurst, and it's really interesting how that kind of plays out. It's the confrontation is um, you're kind of left with a lot of questions, um, like why, like what would Fang actually gain gain from confronting somebody this powerful. Um, in the way that he does and it's very interesting to say like oh like this was like he kind of tells you he's like hey sorry like this was a strategic move like I'm actually tracking him I want to see his network I don't necessarily I didn't need anything from his, him in this moment and um, after the confrontation the 
um, this Harding Hearst character kind of reaches out to his network um, and they, they really um, kind of take it out on Fang and you don't really know where he is and you go back to his, his shop and it's been completely overrun by these, these kind of goons and it, it's interesting because as I kind of said the, the corporation fell apart so these are just, just normal people that kind of just like melted into the background of this society like they're not like wearing any like official garb or anything whereas like there are like like a faction of the corporation that you know is still trying to maintain order and you know the this CEO character kind of just like dissolved into the dust and that that's really interesting to kind of see how that played out and that he was still um obviously does still have some power over some kind of organization that you know may, maybe is faceless um and it's it's really interesting to kind of see how that's playing out. Um, there's also a bar, and I kind of I mentioned this in in um, when I talked about this previously, but I hadn't really you know interacted with the bar because I was so desperate for money. I really needed to use it for food and to use it to buy these stabilizers that I really didn't have you know the money to go to the bar. But as the game progresses, you you get more money and you get better and better um, at at playing the game like cycle over cycle like you are you do kind of cross this threshold to where you are um, in, in a better position and I, I went to the bar and if you go to the bar a certain amount of times um, you kind of meet with the, the bartender the bar owner and she kind of says like can you even feel anything like when you drink this and um, <laughs> it's really interesting because you can kind of say like yes or no and I kind of picked like the, the ambiguous option where it's like oh maybe like who's to say and it, you know the, the bar owner um, and bartender kind of takes a liking to you and they, they offer you you know a way that you can like pick up a shift um, and you can pick up a shift at the bar and as you work there um, you can gain some money, which kind of helps you out as well. And then after you do that a while, um, you kind of progress her storyline and um, you help her renovate the the back of the bar and put like a distillery in there so that they're not just selling alcohol. They can like make their own alcohol. And that and that's really interesting because that like how that helps her out. Um, and you're kind of just like helping her like scraps and bits and pieces that you find throughout the station um, from doing other odd jobs. And it, it's really awesome how it's all connected, but <laughs> you kind of um, end up having a very heartwarming and um, really interesting um, relationship with this bar owner. And I wish that I had done that a little bit sooner, um, but it, it's very interesting because I just didn't feel like I had the resources to like go to a bar in a video game and I just thought that was kind of cool and I really enjoyed that quest line um, but I guess kind of to bring it back to this this Fang character he kind of helps you um, or well he I think he is the introduction to hacking um, which is, is kind of what I had missed and after you get this data you know you can kind of explore this whole opaque version um, of the eye, which I think I'm interpreting it as like the, the network, um, of the eye. And like when you, when you press Y, you enter into like the network where, where programs are, um, kind of like, like the, the wireless network of, of the eye. 
and you you come across this this vending machine and well I guess, I guess I'll, I'll back up before you before you meet this vending machine you're confronted by um, this this program called the hunter and you have a couple confrontations with them they they end up like striking you and you you can like strike back and you can run from them um, but you know however many times you go into you know the the network and you scrounge for data and get these resources you're 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 ticking this meter and whenever it gets to the end the hunter appears and you have um, more and more confrontations with them and they end up um, escalating each time and it's it's kind of you kind of come to this realization it's unsustainable and that this hunter is gonna is gonna get you and you have a confronter you have a confrontation with another program called the killer and that is that ends very scarily and the the stakes are high and you kind of um, really feel the stakes of going in and hacking um, the station for this information but I mean you kind of need to do it to to progress some of these other story lines like I mean obviously like information is is key and in in the game information is, is just as valuable as a currency as actual money which I think is really interesting and I thought was was cool how that kind of played out thematically. So you, you kind of stumble across this, this vending machine and you, after you hack, um, like once, once you kind of progress that far enough, you get a key and you can open, you know, this portion of the map that's been there the whole time. Um, and it's kind of been locked. It's like a hangar door and you finally get the key to open it. And when you go in there, there's a lone vending machine and the vending machine starts talking to you and it's very clear that this vending machine has sentience and it's a sentient vending machine <laughs> and by you finding them they kind of say all right we have a chance you're like a chance of what like what what are you talking about like we have to defeat the hunter and the killer or we'll never be safe and you kind of realize then i mean well they kind of explain that that this eye used to be a safe haven for sentient programs and that they're actually a program from the original corporation that they gained sentience after the collapse and you know we're we're harbored here as a safe haven and because of this this hunter and the killer they're they're essentially they're programs from the corporation that were basically meant to wipe out um, and kill all data, I guess, data and programs associated with the company because it's seen as the company's property. And it's kind of like a, like a fail-safe that was put in place as the um, corporation was collapsing so that none of the corporation's property um, being these, um, these systems and programs that they didn't get out. And so the hunter um, basically is... is prowling and hunting the the net and the web or the network and the web to try and find these programs and when he finds them or when they find them they alert the killer and then the killer comes in and erases the program and i i kind of i have come to a, a conclusion of this this quest line and i won't i won't spoil it but man just how that that plays out 
and you you go from stumbling across a a vending machine um, that is uh, I think their name is NeoVend, and you you kind of find out that um, they're a sentient <laughs> vending machine. It's very funny, and you kind of go through this whole quest line to, um, to I guess make the station safer. And as you 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 spend more time with them, you kind of learn that they they had to hide themselves in this vending machine, and they used to be something else. They're like, I don't really know what I was before, because in order to fit into the memory of the vending machine, I had to, to amputate myself. I had to like cut that part of me off. And it's like, I, at the time, so I, I don't remember very much, but at the time I did an analysis and I kept what needed to be kept and I deleted everything else so that I would fit into the memory banks of this vending machine. It's like, I don't know what I lost, but I, I know that I lost part of myself. And it, it's, it's crazy because when, you're talking to Fang, you kind of realize how long has passed since this corporation uh, kind of fell under and just like how long that this, this program has been stuck inside a vending machine completely alone. It's just, um, it's, it's crazy. And you, you obviously, you know, throughout this, you kind of help them out and you put them in, um, it, it's called a ship mind, but they, they, it has, um, a larger memory, a larger, like a way for it to expand its consciousness. And it's really just so fascinating how that plays out. And that has been far and away the, uh, my most, like my favorite quest line that I've done in this game. And just, just like really sparked my imagination. And I'm so happy that I came back to it. Um, so Citizen Sleeper, I mean, gosh, I mean, what, what more can be said? I mean, it's a great indie game developed by one person and, um, it's just so compelling, and I absolutely recommend anybody checking it out for themselves. Um, but here at the Indie Nook, I want to talk about a little bit more than, than video games, and I want to shout out um, this company called Lost in Cult, and they are an indie publisher of video game magazines, like independent video game magazines that are more akin to books um, just because of the size of them. They're huge, and I've I've gotten a lot of their other, um, um, I guess, publications. Like, they have one about handhelds. They have a couple issues. Um, they feature everything from, like, they, I guess in their third, their third copy or their third issue, about half of it is just kind of talking about every From Software game. And they kind of just go through and, like, chronologically and just talk about every single one and I thought that was just so cool um, um, <laughs> I really I really like their stuff they have another one um, another book called a handheld a history or handheld a history and I, I funded that as well um, so I guess, I guess how it works is you you prepay um, they kind of have like a crowdfunding campaign and you kind of prepay for these these independent magazines and in in prepaying you're like funding it and it has like a funding goal and you kind of like pay for it up front and then you'll get it um so sometimes like up to a year later and um like I, I i funded one almost a year ago and i i still haven't gotten it so i mean there is kind of like a lag um in getting it but i mean you are kind of funding like the whole project um or you're you're a part of funding the whole project so it's it's interesting how they do it but i mean they really do 
um, make some of the, like some some truly amazing stuff, and they're they're doing the design work for Citizen Sleeper, and I I thought that was really cool. It, um, it looked really interesting. So I guess that's the design work is kind of just what they call their like deep dives into one video game. And so they're working with Gary, Gareth, um, Damian Martin, the creator, to um, to kind of go a little bit deeper on this game. And I'm just so fascinated to, to learn more about it. Um, so I kind of just wanted to shout that out. Again, that's called Lost in Cult. And they, they have other things, like they're selling um, a vinyl of the soundtrack, which the soundtrack is incredible as well. It's very ambient music, um, and it, it really kind of just evokes a vibe and setting um, more so than um, I guess being like a soundtrack to accompany you on like a like a mission in like a third person game like it's very much like the the music is emulating the experience of being on the eye and I, I really recommend just you know putting it on in the background and um, if you're working like it'll absolutely transport you to a different place um, but when I, you know, first described the game, and when I'm even when I'm talking about it, um, just in general, like Citizen Sleeper, like it very much reminds me of a board game, and it, it's very clearly tied to um, a board game in concept. And one of the things that they're doing with this design work is they're releasing a tabletop version of Citizen Sleeper called Cycles of the Eye, and it uses dice and tarot tarot cards and uh, I guess I guess it's as it I actually have a blurb from the, the listing it says um, create a solo journey through the game's location of Erlen's eye over the course of several cycles you will complete challenges reveal new locations and interact with iconic characters building a story unique to your session so I guess it's kind of like a, a board game to go on top of Citizen Sleeper and kind of be an additive experience. And I guess I should also say, with Citizen Sleeper, um, Gareth Damian Martin put out an update, like a, a DLC, and it is a free DLC, um, so I guess it's just additional content um, if you own the game. And I, I haven't done those storylines yet. It's very clearly marked, um, so I'm going to do that once I complete everything else. Um, but I just am absolutely loving playing this um, game for you know a couple couple minutes a night uh, I'll probably sit down and and play it for like half an hour before I go to bed um, so I'm, I'm really um, just been absolutely loving my experience and in some ways uh, just me uh, <laughs> playing this game has kind of you know inspired this this little project called the indie nook um, so I'm very excited to see where this goes I, I actually kind of wrote out an, another um, a couple ideas of what I'd like to do um, here, just like me solo, just talking um, to a microphone. So I'm I'm hoping to to kind of try those out, see how those go, um, and then kind of post two or three at once. Uh, so if you're hearing this, you'll probably be hearing this at a at a later date than when I recorded it. Um, but yeah, this is the ending nook. This is episode zero. I guess the the first time I'm doing it. I was kind of a little bit nervous. I was a little bit scared just to kind of hop on the mic and and do it uh, do it solo. But I guess if you're if you're never pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, um, you're not growing. So I'm very glad that I did it, um, and I think I'm gonna do it again. Uh, I have a couple other ideas, and I at least want to see those through. 
Um, so this is the Indie Nook. Thank you so much for, for joining me here. <laughs> it's a little bit silly. I guess I don't really know how to end it, but... But yeah, this is the Indie Nook, so thank you so much for, for joining me on this journey. Um, I hope I will see you again in the next one. So thank you.